Be encouraged. Welcome to a podcast centered around being encouraged, being an encouragement to someone, and being encouraged, replacing fear with unwavering trust. I hope you are encouraged today by a message from Michelle Reynolds. No matter what phase you are in in life, you can be encouraged in Christ. Hello, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed the last podcast and God spoke to you. Today, we're going to be going into Luke 15, 11 through 32. And whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian and you just happen to stumble across this message, every one of us has had an encounter with this story. Someone has either said it or I talked about it, or if you've heard it before, but we all know the famous story of the prodigal son. So today we're going to be talking about that parable. We're going to be discussing the loss, but before we do, we're going to go ahead and open in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for waking us up today. Lord, thank you that even when we don't have anything to say, we can always come to you and say thank you. Because you do so much for us all the time, Father God. Things that we notice and things that we don't even recognize, Father God. And we just thank you for the many blessings that you pour out on us, even in times of difficulty, Father God. Lord, I pray that as we go into this podcast or we go into this message, Lord, I pray that you would speak so clearly to us, Father God, that we would know it's you that's knocking on our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear what it is that you would have us to say, but not only to hear it, Father God, but to apply it to our lives and move further or closer to you in our relationship and our understanding of you, Father God. So, Lord, I pray right now that as we get ready to read your word, that you would just help me to to step aside and allow your Holy Spirit to do exactly what it is that it's going to do. He's going to do, Father God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so again, I said that we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. And to kind of give some context of what's going on here before we get into our scripture, Um, In Luke 15, Jesus is telling three parables, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. Each parable ends in celebration of the lost being found. Jesus is telling these parables after the Pharisees and scribes complained against him for welcoming sinners. Like the two previous parables, the parable that we're going to be discussing today, the lost son, it demonstrates God's love for the lost and the joy he experiences when they return. It also allegories Jesus's ministry. He came for sinners. You know, he didn't come to go and sit among the religious leaders. He came to help those who needed it. You know, the father in the parable represents God. The younger brother represents the tax collectors and the sinners to whom Jesus ministered. And the older brother represents the religious leaders who were just caught up in being religious versus being in right relationship with God. So we're going to go ahead and get into our reading. One thing I do want to point out is that I know in the last recording, you could hear the Bible pages turning. I hope it's not a distraction to you all because I am a flip the page type of girl. I I love to, to hear the pages of my Bible turn and I find that I read better and I comprehend better when I have a physical book. So I hope that doesn't uh, distract you guys. And I also wanted to say that always, always, when you're 
in church or when you when you're listening to someone preach or teach, always read the scripture for yourself because the change of one word can affect that scripture. You know, so when I'm reading and I make a mistake and I stumble over a word, that could accidentally change the meaning of what that scripture was supposed to relate to you. So when someone is teaching you or when you're um listening to a sermon, it's vital that you are reading along with that person. Because just like the Holy Spirit speaks to me, God speaks to me, he'll speak to you by reading his word. So always, always read your scripture along with the person who's teaching you. So again, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. And I'll go ahead and read 11 and 12. It says, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. And I wanted to stop here because I wanted to make something clear to all of us. The son is asking for his father's estate before his father's death, which was an insult. Basically, he was telling his father, you're dead to me, you know, and I I stopped here and I paused and I wondered, how do we insult God? Like, how have I insulted God? Now, I can only speak for me, but personally, I feel like I've insulted God when I didn't trust him in areas of my life. Even after I've seen him do great things in my life, I still didn't trust him with certain areas of my life and through my sin, you know, through the things that I've done and that I do. I feel those things insult God, you know, and I can't speak for you. That's something that you're going to have to think about for yourself. But I want you to think about how do we insult God? What areas in our lives are we insulting God? And then I'm going to go ahead and I'll read verse 13. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. And what's what's phenomenal about this is that according to Jews, because he wasted all of his money in wild living and lost his family's property to Gentiles in a distant land, he was disgraceful. And this was grounds for excommunication. So I want to turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 18 through 21. And it says, suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or mother, even though they discipline him. In such a case, the father and mother must take the son to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. The parents must say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and refuse to obey. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town must stone him to death. In this way, You will purge this evil from among you and all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. Wow, my mind is blown. You know, here it is. This son not only has insulted his father, but he also, based on Old Testament law or Old Testament ritual, 
technically is supposed to be stoned to death for his actions. Okay, let's keep going. So we're going to read 14 through 16. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Now, what's even more interesting about this is pigs were unclean animals, which made this the most degradable job imaginable for Jews. So again, as I was thinking on this and meditating on it, I asked myself the question, have you ever settled for less than what God has for you because you wanted your own way? You know, have you, have I settled for something that wasn't what God had meant for me or what God desires for his children to have because I wanted to do things my own way. And there's been so many times in my life that I have settled for mediocre, mediocre, when God had majesty for me. He had miraculous for me and I chose to settle for what was beneath me. You know, so again, I I always want to give you areas for you to stop and think. What in your life are you or have you settled for less than what God had for you? I read 17 through 19. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. He first had to he first had to be empty. In order for him to know that his father could and would meet his need, if he went back to him, he had to be empty. He had to be starving. You know, he had to lose everything that he had. And then that awareness came in. So here, here, take take a moment and understand what awareness is. Awareness is not you going and standing on a mountaintop and screaming your sins to everybody so that they can hear. Your awareness is knowing exactly where you are in your relationship with God. Exactly what you need to do is going to be up to God. He's going to show you the things that you need to change. All we have to do is trust him. You know, so that awareness comes in and it's important because you can't go to God and ask him to help you with something if you don't know that you need help in it and you can't do it on your own. So here it is, this son, he knew he messed up, but it took him to be empty. It took him to to really see how far he has come in order to realize how much he really did need to be in the presence of his father. So you need to be aware. Be aware of the things that's keeping you away from your father. What sin in your life is putting that distance between you and God? Awareness. And then you trust those things with God. You can't fix that on your own, but God gives us a Holy Spirit and that guidance to do that. But we have to ask for that. We have to trust him. Scripture says we have not because we ask not. And that's not just in 
tangible things. That's in every area of our life. Okay, so I'll go ahead on and read verses 20 through 21. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. His father was watching the role. Wherever his father was, he was sitting and watching, longing for his son's return. He not only was longing for his son's return, he ran to his son, which was considered undignified for the family patriarch. So this dad did something that most people would consider I guess undignified, I will repeat that word, something that was beneath him because he sits on, he sits at a place of hierarchy in the family in order to go and embrace his son. You know, he came down from his throne to embrace his center of a son, much like what God does for us, what God did for us. Jesus came from his throne to become sin so that way we can become more like him. And and not only did he do that, he did it full of joy. He came back with expectation, you know. So it it blows my mind at how how much scripture reveals to us about God's nature. So the son go ahead and he gives his rehearsed speech, but you know he's interrupted in verse twenty two and twenty four through twenty four. It says, "But his father said to the servants, quick." Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. The finest robe belonged to the father. So giving it to his son, the father was affirming that the son was not only a cherished member of the household, but was again his heir, you know, meaning that the son lost and wasted all that he had. But when he came back to his father, his father restored him in right relationship and gave him all the blessings of being his child. A ring was a symbol of authority, which also indicated his status as son and heir. You know, the fattened calf in the banquet was the son being treated as a visiting dignity and not a disgraceful son. So here it is. This son is back in right relationship with his father, has received all the blessings of being in that right relationship and has a party thrown for him because he returned back to his father. Verses 25 through 31. It says, meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years, I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours 
comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. When we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now is found. The older brother was angry and jealous that the father would forgive such a sinner when he, the faithful son, had worked hard to achieve his position. Like the religious leaders, he refused to rejoice when his brother was found. He even refused to recognize his relationship to his brother. So here, I get excited, y'all. Let me, let me slow down and catch up. Okay, so this son, the older brother, reminds me of people who grow in their relationship with God and we get righteous. And I say we because I'm guilty of the same. We have all, as we grow in our relationship and God begins to work in us and through us, we can tend to get prideful even in the good things. You know, so here it is. You have people who attend church faithfully, but when an obvious sinner, someone who who life whose life looks like the trouble that they're going through. So example, a drug addict, a prostitute, a stripper, any, any, any type of sinner, a murderer, people who cast judgment on outer appearance when they walk into a church. And I've been to churches that that's done this is that they don't, they don't feel welcome because they look like they're sin, you know? So I, I want you to I want you to stop for a second. And regardless of where you are in your relationship with God, I want you to be honest with yourself. Have you been in an environment with someone who is an obvious sinner? We are all sinners, but when I say an obvious sinner, our our lives reflect the sin that we're caught in or the the lifestyle that we're caught in. Have you been judgmental? Have you not shared a hug with that person? Or share God's truth with that person because they looked like a sinner. You know, God's ministry calls us to be with sinners. So I want I wanted us to think about that. You know, this son was a faithful servant to his father. This son did everything that his father asked of him. And he got righteous in doing that. So think about that. That's something that I had to do for myself. Then it goes on where it says, Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. And this just reiterates what I said. He didn't refer to the sinner as his brother. He referred to him as your son. So I want you to again think about, do you look at every person as your brother and sister in Christ, whether they are Christian or not? Do you look at that person as your brother and sister in Christ? Or do you disassociate yourself with them because they don't fit into your bubble? So think about that. Is there someone in your life right now that God may be calling you to, but you disassociate yourself with them? Every person is God's child. Every person is God's child. For my Christians that are listening, we treat every person as if they're God's child. Whether they have accepted that truth or not, we know that's true. So think about that.
next thing I wanted to point out was that the father said, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. That, that again reminds me of we have not because we ask not. We are in this relationship with God, a God of abundance. And I, I don't, and this is where I kind of make sure I want to be clear at. I never want to teach people or to live a life of entitlement where, well, I'm a child of God. So if I go and ask him for a hundred million dollars, he's going to give me that hundred million dollars because I asked for it. No, that's not what I mean. God is not a genie. He is not a wishing well. But when you're in right relationship with God and you're seeking God's will for your life, the things that you desire become the things that God desires for you. So when you go to God and you ask for something, it's something that he already wants to give to you. But the more you grow in your relationship with him, the more you understand what to ask for. So I want to make sure I get I want you to understand that each one of us, again, like I will say, or a child of God, meaning we are a child of a king. So that we are supposed to live in abundance. We are supposed to live in the richness of being in right relationship with God. Those riches may not always be the things that we consider to be rich, like money, a nice car, a nice house. Those things those things do not equate the value of the richness of God. The richness of God can be Peace of mind that's beyond understanding. A heart that forgives other people so you're not carrying the burden of hatred in your heart. God's way of blessing us is not always monetary or tangible. So I wanted to make that clear. But at the end of the day, your father knows your needs and he wants great things for you. So you have not because you ask not. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer. And um, that's it, y'all. I love y'all. So uh, let me go ahead and pray. (laughs) Father God, thank you so much for this message. Lord, I pray that your people hear clearly from you, Father God. Thank you for giving me the joy of of reading your word and, and desiring to know more about you, Father God. Thank you. I pray that every person would gain something from this message, Father God, that helps them in their relationship with you, Father God, and their relationship to others, with others. And Lord, like again, I say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you today. Please share and come back next week for another episode of Be Encouraged.